I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Like we're inside sources? You and me? Yeah. We're so inside. (laughs) We're so inside. You ask me anything about mothering, parenting. Is that the kind of sourcing we're talking yes. about? Okay, then fine, I'm in. Welcome to Inside Source. I'm your host, Casey Scott. Today, this is my co-host, Brooke Walker. Which I understand they have a special announcer open for us coming yeah. up, and I can't wait for that. I don't that, want to show my geekiness, but that's going to be quite thrilling. That's going to be legit, Yes, the kids say. Yes. Hey, yesterday you weren't here, and I was hosting with Lindsay, and we were talking about postpartum depression. I heard a little bit of that and conversation. And it's a very powerful story, and it was very insightful for me as a guy, not ever being pregnant, but to <laughs> You know, I mean, to, just to thanks for clarifying. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you never know. <laughs> and so, just to listen and, and and kind of comprehend, you know, what kind of struggles they are going through. That we wanted yeah. to kind of recap today. So we brought in our producer, Robin Garfield. And uh, how are you? I'm doing great. She's feeling worn out because with two <gasps> guest hosts sitting in her chair today, she's we had to work make her work extra hard. Hey, thanks we got for having us here. You, oh, you guys are professionals. Know. No, this is great. You have personal experience with this, Robin. Can you set up your story for us? Yeah. So we we had a great discussion yesterday on air. Uh, about postpartum depression and as Lindsay called it postpartum mood disorders because it can be depression it can be anxiety it can be just kind of a whole umbrella of diagnoses Um, I have three boys I've I've mentioned them on air a few times and very similar experience to Lindy Lindsay uh, my first didn't kick in for like three or four months and then they just kind of put me on some meds second same kind of thing so at that point I think it's interesting you may have touched on this yesterday so sorry if it's a repeat but a lot of people think instantly after I have a baby six to eight weeks I'm on heightened alert to watch for these symptoms three to four months later you started to experience yeah I think I was so caught up in the initial just like I have a baby so much going on and then when the dust settled that's when some of these you know thoughts and um, anxiety hit am I good enough for this Mm -hmm. we all feel those you know Sure. But it got a little more extreme. So they ended up putting me on some some meds. And the second was very similar to that. Um, my third baby was the ringer. Uh, we <laughs> we made some bad choices. We had him and moved to California 10 days after he was born. Oh, you know, because having a baby isn't stressful enough. Let's just move. Because we're all super women, right? Or superhuman and nothing ever affects us. We're young. We're invincible. My husband and I were like, no big deal. Got a new job. Let's just have the baby and, and get out, you know, as soon as possible. But that so you, combination. Yeah. So you created the perfect storm. It, everybody said new job. New house, yeah. new baby. One of those can trigger sure. a psychological episode. You got the trifecta. We got the trifecta. So three three months after he was born, I ended up having a, a severe nervous breakdown. I ended up in the hospital, mm. uh, which was a uh, scary, but also, as I've mentioned before, I, I like to refer to that as one of the best things that ever happened to because me. Because why? Because I don't think I believed I had postpartum depression with my first two. You hadn't been diagnosed yet. I hadn't officially been diagnosed. I mean, the first two, they're like, okay, baby blues, here's some meds. Dr. A little Google dismissive. Says- yes, a little dismissive. Third time, obviously, everybody sat up straight. Okay, Robin has real problems here. Obviously, she's in the hospital. Uh, Let's get her on a treatment plan. That shouldn't be the case. 
we should be getting people treatment before we end up in the emergency room, uh, you know, having like a blackout panic attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from that moment, I was able to get a therapist who she was in the emergency room. I met her there. Uh, specialized in postpartum depression. I saw her for five years. Mm-hmm. I was part of a postpartum mother's support group once a week for the first year of my son's life. Mm-hmm. Met with like 10, 12 moms every Monday for an hour under the umbrella of we all are dealing with the same shared experience. How do we go through that? Really, because of that wake-up call we had, I want to say save my life. I mean, it put me in that position of I need help. I'm going to ask for help. I cannot physically do this on my own. I got on medication and I got a long-term treatment plan that I'm still, I mean, my, my baby just started kindergarten. Oh, uh, the tissue. <laughs> I know. Oh, I cried for both reasons, joy, joy and sadness. <laughs> but you know, it's been five years out and I'm still, I still feel like I'm in recovery from yeah. that. I don't feel, and I actually had a therapist say one time that uh, postpartum depression is just depression with augmented circumstances. So don't just mm-hmm. say, oh, I just had it then always be on the lookout for I think you're so wise to not take your foot off the gas. And none of us can, depending on our you know, individual limitations or circumstances. You've got to continue to nurture that part of yourself and to strengthen and fortify that part of yourself. I'm curious to know, you, you hit it from two important angles, the therapy and also the motherhood support group. Was one more impactful than the other? You know, in my case, my therapist facilitated the support group. So she was, and so it was almost like an extension of that. Um, I will say in my group, it was a place for the first time in my life. And at that point, I was 30 years old, had two other, three kids at this point, um, sisters with kids, fam- big family, mm-hmm. that I was in a group where I felt safe saying, I don't like this. Mm. I love my kids. Mm. I love my baby. I'm going to take care of, of them course. and keep them alive. Is it okay to say, I don't like this right now? But it took that safety it circle for you to say the safety of a closed room mm-hmm. with a therapist in a hospital. For, and every single woman in that place said, is it bad that every day I don't wake up excited to like hold my baby and to, you know... It was, and I've talked to, every time I go to a baby shower now, I always say this, it is okay to say you don't like it. It's okay. I mean, it doesn't mean, again, it doesn't mean you don't love your baby. It doesn't mean you won't love yeah. this later down the road, but like and love are different things. And it's okay to say, I don't like this right now. It's mm-hmm. hard. It's mm-hmm. thankless. Baby does not get up every day and throw me a, a thank you party, mom and dad, for getting mm-hmm. up in the middle of the night and changing my diapers. Mm-hmm. You're not getting that verbal feedback, that auditory, you know, hey, good job, mom. It's okay to say that first year is hard. It's okay to say, maybe I don't want to do this. I yeah. can't get out of it at this point. We're stuck. I think it's, it's okay, okay to, to say honest. it's hard in life. It is. You know, and I think a lot of times we tell ourselves not to to muscle through it and just get it done, but it, it's okay. I think we're now more aware of our feelings and we're talking about them, and that's what's so so important. I think also important, though, and I don't want to take away from that message at all, but you you express that in a safe space while you were seeking solutions. You know, there's a balance there. I think it's easy for all of us to pull ourselves into this, you know, funnel where it's a constant, I don't like it, I don't yeah. like it, I don't like it. We can all stay stuck there, right, no matter the topic. But what I love about your approach is you were expressing it. You were, you know, talking with other women who are feeling it, but you were also climbing the ladder of solutions. Well, and that uh, brings us kind of to yesterday's discussion. After, after the show wrapped... We ended up getting two or three phone calls into the studio um, and a few emails and texts from moms, grandmas, uh, wondering, okay, I heard this segment. It was great. And I I think Lindsay actually spoke to this. Can you talk about some of these resources that um, I can go to? I'm I'm a young mom. I have a new baby. I'm starting to feel some of this. I'm overwhelmed. I don't have the bandwidth to do all this research. So I actually have a few things that I I went and looked up. um, Please, yeah. And I talked to Lindsay off air a little bit about this. So there is a resource center in Utah. Um, it's PSIUtah.org. They specialize in postpartum support, uh, depression, all of these anxiety issues that, that new moms can face. And they're a phenomenal resource. If you just go to their website or just Google PSIUtah, but it's PSIUtah.org. 
um, postpartum uh, support institute, utah.org, PSI. Uh, you can go and get resources there. It's a great jumping off point. You can send an email. You can just talk to someone there and say, hey, some of the symptoms I'm having, can I get help? Um, a few other places that I think are really effective, talk to your family. If you're feeling these things, it is so hard. And Lindsay mentioned this on air. I love this, that she had a a code word that she'd send out to her husband. Elephant. And, elephant to her husband and her mom that meant, I need help, but I don't know how to express this. Because mm. I, 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 even in my own life, I'm, I'm terrible at asking for help. And so I think being in a place where you could admit, I need help. Um, I there was, some, there was a text that we got on yesterday that I wanted to read that I really loved. Uh, this woman said, I had postpartum depression for nine years, which wow. tells you it nine. can be ongoing. Yeah. She said, then I got off social media. <laughs> and I think that that is, uh, to, to this point, I got home from the hospital after this episode I'd had. It was actually September. I'd like to look up the date. It were right around the anniversary. It was, is it was in September 2014. So it was you know five years ago, right the same month. I got off of Facebook that month. Um, not everybody has to do this, but for me, the noise of, you know, the people arguing and the fighting, it was during, during an election season. It was so healthy for me to step back. I have not really been on Facebook in five years. I think that, that, I think that goes to Brooke's point is that I think a lot of times people will commiserate in, 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 in just this and not have a solution out. So what does that do? That just takes you into a deeper, darker place. If you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel or see another step up, it it just gets, becomes an ugly place. And I think it's a know thyself situation. I mean, for a lot of people, social media is inspiring. You can look at that quote unquote perfect picture of motherhood and think, right? hey, that lady lists me. I want to live my life a little more like her. Or you can look at that picture and say, she's making me feel less than. So it's mm-hmm. that matter of knowing where you're at emotionally, where you're at, you know, your ability is know thyself. And right. I think that was super smart. Well, and I think for years, and I think I don't want to besmirch social media. I think, but for I justified it saying, well, I need to be on social media all the time because I am a stay at home mom and this is my only connection to the it's outside my outlet. world. It's my outlet. <laughs> but as soon as I went off, I made some really close contacts with friends in real, I don't want to say I had to go off to make these meaningful contacts, but I, I now have girlfriends on like WhatsApp threads that we just talk individually all day instead of, and, and I will tell you, once you get off social media, everybody knows and they loop you in. Hey, there's a Facebook, you know, we're having this party. I know you're not on Facebook. I'm going to send you an invite over text or something. You don't really miss out on much. But for me, again, not everybody has to go off. And I, I, I don't want to say I'm off social, social media. I'm on Instagram more than I should be. But, um, <laughs> you know, for me, that was the Facebook. I was on there all day, every day. And I felt connected, but you're not really connected. And once I went off, that's when I actually started reaching outside of actual my phone, my computer, talking to people. It doesn't saying, feel like real substantial no, connection. Let's no meet up for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's meet up uh, in the evening. Let's have a group that gets together and talks in real life and exchange phone numbers. You know? Imagine that. The old <laughs> school way. I know, let's text or send a you know, <laughs> carrier pigeon or whatever. But um, that's just kind of my story and some of the resources we were talking about yesterday from from the show. Just And, and all, as always, you know, you can text us in. Uh, as Brooke was saying, the Utah Community Credit Credit Union. Brooke, I'm embarrassed to say. To, read that number I've for me. got it. 57500. Go. I only have it because Robin Garfield our fabulous producer here at KSL News Radio printed that out and put it in my palm. Thank you for sharing your story, Robin. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Coming up next, we're going to be talking with Lisa Hansen uh, about the LGBTQ mental health crisis situation going on. You're listening to Inside Source here on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.